to you a little bit about uh, Grip Six, and let me let me paint a picture here of a parallel economy that I'm telling you always, always about. When you buy socks, you're just buying socks. But when you're buying socks from Grip Six, you're not just getting the best socks on the market. You're supporting American jobs and lots of them. You're supporting American ranchers who raise specially bred sheep that produce modern wool right here in America. The American manufacturers who wash the wool, process it, weave it into socks that there's no other sock like this, honestly. Keeps you warm in the winter, cool in the summer. You think of wool and you don't think of it as you think of it as hot and not stretchy and just kind of that. This is a completely different socks and it is only American-made products and American labor. So you're not just getting socks, you're participating in a movement. Challenge you, I challenge you now to become part of this movement. Join the parallel economy and check out Grip6 today. I wear them, I love them, so will you. Put your trust and hard-earned money in a company that does it right in America. It's grip6.com slash Beck. That's grip6.com slash Beck. Friday. We have a lot on our plate today, but we're going to begin with a very bizarre approach to uh, a fundraiser with the president of the United States trying to raise funds, trying to get everybody on board for the Democrats. And one of his main topics is nuclear war. Is that something that he thinks is going to work for him? I don't understand. I There's a couple of things going on about this that we need to discuss right now. 60 seconds and we go there. Cindy wrote in about her experience with the Relief Factor. She said, I suffer from really bad back pain. One day, a friend of mine brought me some of the Relief Factor that they had and said, just try this. It took me a while to start, but once I did, within four days, my pain was almost completely gone. I've told at least 12 other people about Relief Factor, and I'll continue to tell more. Thank you so much. That really is, word of mouth is the best advertisement, and it is what everybody does. It's why I'm doing it. I said no to Relief Factor until I tried it, and it worked for me, and then, you know, I become an evangelist. That's what everybody does on Relief Factor if it works for them. 70% of the people who order it go on to order more because, I mean, why would you do that? I just like wasting money. I just, I'm building a house made out of little capsules of Relief Factor. No, you'd, you'd pretty much do that uh, if it was working for you. ReliefFactor.com. Call 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. Get the 1995 three-week quick start developed for you. ReliefFactor.com. 1-800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 
So yesterday, uh, in an address to the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, um, he said the country, under his leadership, is as close to Armageddon as it has been since the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 1960s. Now, I don't know if that gets a crowd all whipped up, you know, oh, my God, yes, I want to give. I want more senators. So he was in New York, and he started talking about Vladimir Putin threatening to use a nuclear weapon. And he said, Putin was not joking. No joke. When he talks about the use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological and chemical weapons, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon like this since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Prices. Now, Russia uh, has been backed into a corner, and you don't take a lion and back it into a corner with no escape. White House says the Biden administration has communicated directly with Russian officials about what kind of response using a nuclear weapon would bring. Officials aren't going to share publicly what the U.S. response would look like, but they said it would be catastrophic. I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical weapon and not end up with Armageddon. This is what Biden said last night. So I think we know what the response would be. It's not like, you know what? We're just we're going to write a strongly worded letter. That's right. We're going to have the U.N. get together. There's not such a thing as the ability to easily use a tactical weapon and not end up with Armageddon. Okay. my question is, can we have a conversation about this? Is Ukraine really worth vaporization? Are we really sure the guy who has been called, and I'm quoting, the wrongest man on foreign policy ever, are we really, we're really going to just do this and have no discussion about it? Don't you think we should just stop? A very disturbing thing came out yesterday. The HHS uh, put out a press release. It's a just, you know, normal stuff here. This is normal stuff. We're just buying some stuff, you know, in case everybody's irradiated. You're like, wait, what? Oh, we do this all the time. No, 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 actually, you don't. The press release, they announced they uh, had purchased $290 million worth of a anti-radiation drug. Now, you think of those, um, what are those pills that you, you get for thyroid? You know, thyroid. they're... Huh? Iodine? Iodine pills. Okay. We have a bunch of those. Okay. I have a bunch of those. That's not this. That's not this. This is $290 million worth of acute radiation sickness medication. These are not potassium iodine pills. You know, you can get those in your go bag. It's well known that the state and federal government agencies have been stockpiling that since the 1950s. The state of Delaware just announced the state of Delaware. Gee, who's from there? Just announced it will be handing out free potassium iodide tablets to residents on October 13. What? So potassium iodide uh, or iodate is the stuff that you take to prevent your thyroid from absorbing radiation from the dust that you might breathe in. 
Now, apparently we have the U.S. government has enough potassium iodide for every American to have three days worth of doses. So there are 330 million of us. So that would mean we have about a billion tablets. So I think we're covered on that. So what did we just spend $300 million on? Well, the, the drug that the HHS says it just purchased was called N-Plate, and it's made by a company named Amgen. I'm looking into the company now. I'm trying to see if there's any other way to explain this other than um, they know something that we don't know. Now, this drug is used to treat acute ARS. That's acute radiation syndrome. It's used to treat blood cell injuries from severe radiation poisoning. So if you don't take the thyroid blocker stuff, you end up with acute radiation blood poisoning, I guess. So here's what's interesting. Until this press release, there is no evidence of any kind that our research team could find that health and human services have ever had anti-radiation poison medication just sitting around on hand. We don't carry a stockpile of this. Now, here's the other interesting thing. If you look at the MDSS, the Material Data Safety Sheet, and you look for this drug from, uh, uh, from Amgen, the storage half-life for N-plate, which is in an IV bag, is required to be refrigerated at all times. And it only has a shelf life of 18 months. Why did we just spend $300 million on something we've never purchased before? It is for serious radiation poisoning. It has to be refrigerated at all times. Uh, and it only has a shelf life of 18 months. This isn't some pill that we're buying and tossing into some warehouse and store it for the next 50 years. This drug goes bad in 2024. Hmm. Now, we have stuff like that. We Insulin has to be kept cold uh, until its use, and it's, it lasts as long as about, a, a, about the average goldfish. And our government... Just bought $300 million of this stuff. Huh. Why? I can come up with two answers. Now, I, we are researching this. This is based on initial research. So things could change. But the two things that I think of is, who's Amgen? What did we just give $300 million for? Who's this company? How are they connected? Are they connected? Is this another pharmaceutical company that? Okay, that's the first one. I don't really think that's right. <sighs> I am afraid that our government either knows nukes are coming or is itching for nukes to come. I, I, I just, I, I can't explain. What we're doing, we are antagonizing every step of the way in this war. And by the way, we started some more tough talk against China yesterday. Now, if I'm China, think of this through, think this through with me. And I could be this is just off the top of my head, ridiculous 
you know, Glenn, this is the kind of stuff I throw out in meetings. Okay, so <laughs> no thoughts on this one yet. Um, if I'm China and I've cozied up to Russia, is it in my best interest to keep Russia from using a tactical nuke? I would say yes. Why? Uh, because you don't want to start a world war and mm. wipe out not only the global economy, but something that could obviously spread to your country as well. Right. Okay. So MSNBC is reporting right now, Biden warning about nuclear Armageddon. But if you look at all of the uh, ways this plays out, Asia, the Middle East, Africa, South America, clean. Nothing happens to them. Okay. Uh, it's just nuclear, <laughs> nuclear uh, uh, nightmare, global warming to about 7000 degrees in Europe, Russia and the United States. Now, you need them as buyers, but what will they need? They will need to rebuild. And remember who rebuilt Europe? We did. And did that work out well for us or not so well? If you're trying to destroy the United States, you think long term, they've got a plan to destroy the United States. But wouldn't it be easier if somebody else destroys destroys the United States and in the same time, it takes out their other competition of Vladimir Putin? And it just kind of cleans everybody's clock and gosh, the world will need help. And while we'll have to rebuild it and gosh, we have the ships and everything and and, well, now we have Taiwan, so we have all the chips, too. And we could just, we'll go in there, and we're not occupying. No, 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 we're not occupying. We're just rebuilding. We're helpers. Now, that's a crazy out there theory based in nothing but my own, you know, uh, fiction writing skills. But I don't know if China is really all that opposed to this. Have your enemies wipe each other out. So here we are with uh, Zelensky yesterday speaking at an Australian tank uh, conference. I don't even know what a tank conference is. Is that where they're selling tanks? They all get together and like, hey, let's talk tanks. Tankathon. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, he suggested that NATO should engage in what he calls preemptive action. To dissuade them for using their nukes against uh, uh, Ukrainian soldiers. And he said, we should attack them first and show them what sort of things would happen if they choose to use nukes. Now, I don't know if I've said this yet. I mean, for a while. And maybe we should like a cuckoo clock at the top of every hour. Just remind people Zelensky was a comedian. Zelensky was a comedian. It's like we have. It's like if we elected uh, you know, Guilford Godfrey or Martin Lawrence and like, hey, should we nuke them or should we use uh, F-35s? Now, nah, maybe F-35s or F-18s. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, th- what are we doing now? We have a comedian telling us how we should respond. We then have the Pentagon who brought us the wonderful debacle of Afghanistan, put us into this confrontation, is currently flexing its muscles. You know, the Pentagon yesterday said, 
you know what, if China blocks the, the, the uh, trade route with Taiwan, don't worry about it. We have the uh, air and sea power to break that, that, uh, that blockade. What? Am I the only person in America that says, let's not go to war? This election is vital. It's the most important election. Shut up. We have a president who says, we're close to Armageddon. The guy doesn't know what time it is for pudding. And he's telling our Pentagon, the guy who's wrong about everything, telling our Pentagon what to do. And our Pentagon has completely lost their mind. You, you, we are watching a play, except this time, you know, it's a, it's a whodunit murder mystery. Let's go to the play, except the ones who get killed are the audience. You've got to go out and vote. Because if you don't, you're going to have another, you know, you're going to have another really, really deeply trained brain like Fetterman. Back in a minute. All right, going to let you in on something big. You have to act quickly. Blinds.com is showing their gratitude to you and all of their customers by having a friends and family sale. Right now through October 12th, during the sale, you can save up to 45% off everything, plus doorbusters. Now, because they don't have the usual retail markups, they don't have showrooms or anything like that, 45% savings on their already low prices is a no-brainer. Blinds.com believes that ordering online doesn't mean sacrificing style or service. You can get the latest styles of curtains, shades, shutters, and a whole lot more. And if you need help selecting what you want, they have great design experts who can do live consultations. If you need help with measuring or installation, not, 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 that, I, not that I did. I mean, I can... Anyway, um, it's blinds.com. Their friends and family sale now through October 12th for up to 20, uh, sorry, 45% off statewide, uh, 45% edit here, will you, Sarah? 45% off. <laughs> We're live, Glenn. Oh, crap. At blinds.com. That's blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. Oh, by the way, um, I just want to let you know, the Army has fallen uh, short of their recruiting goal, but only by uh, by 25%. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah, good news. Yeah. Good news. So, quick question on, on, uh, your, th- on your theories here, okay. because yeah. I can understand why I, I, I sensed a little bit that you went to many negative conclusions. <laughs> uh, well, let's start at the purchase. beginning. Why does the president give a speech at a fundraiser and like, hey, we're so close to Armageddon. Right. And okay. then you add on the fact that uh, we're buying all this anti-radiation medication. That expires in 18 months. In 18 months. months. Um, so, in a, in a, let me just put this in a different world. <coughs> okay. okay. All right. For okay. just a second. Like here. a sane one? A sa- let's say we were in a sane world. <laughs> okay. We're not, but okay. And we're in a, a situation where we believe the right thing to do is to stop Russia from advancing. Uh-huh. We're on Ukraine's side. We're funding yeah. them with missiles. Mm-hmm. And... Someone, some really smart person in the mm-hmm. room says, mm-hmm. hey, guys, like this could spin out of control. 
we we should first of all consider whether we should continue to do this the way we're doing it, mm-hmm. and secondarily, we should start preparing for the worst, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if if we in this different world there was an attack, then we wind up getting nuclear weapons falling on our territory. We want those ventilators. We would say, right? Yeah, we would say, hey, what what right. a bunch of idiots in the White House for not purchasing this Amen, medication brother. in advance? I'm with you, right? I'm with you. So could you make the argument that uh-huh. in a different world that with a different yeah. administration, right. they're acting competently here and sure. preparing for a worst I case situation? I could even argue that in this world, really, I could. Now you have to ask yourself, (laughs) then why aren't we having wall-to-wall conversations about nuclear war? Because if they're taking it seriously enough to spend $300 million on medication, I I mean, I think... I look. I don't have no faith in the Biden administration to do the right thing in any situation. Mm -hmm. But there are a bunch of people in our military who look at these things and are probably maybe we're skeptical of this entire operation. I'm saying. Are we the people? We are being led by the elites and we are being led into death chambers, it seems, almost every day. Look at what look at what we're doing. Look at what we're doing on every front. Well, you know what? We're not gonna prosecute criminals. Oh, okay, all right, streets are on fire. In some cities, literally. Really bad idea. You know what? We're just gonna keep printing money. We're just yeah, that's fine. Are you kidding me? How are you going to afford food in a year? And they just keep spending. They just keep spending. How about gas? We're depleting the strategic oil reserve, the lowest it's been in 40 years. That not only ties to what we're doing with with gasoline and, you know, the environment, But it also goes right directly to war. The strategic oil reserve is for that. So he's saying we have Armageddon possibly coming and 25% of our goals not being met for recruiting people in the military. And we are depleting our strategic oil reserve. Shouldn't we have a conversation about the shouldn't half the America half of America who is only watching CNN and all of the New York Times, shouldn't they be involved in this? Shouldn't they know? Shouldn't they know? Shouldn't somebody be talking on those channels going, hey, 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 guys, I just want to let you know, here's the real picture. Now, what do we do about it? They're not having that conversation. The Glenn Beck Program. They're hearing Biden... I mean, uh, Putin, bad. All right. uh, Always plenty to be stressed out every day without having to give the stress of a major thing like buying or selling a home and adding that to the fire. That stress is stress on steroids. But you're in luck. I started a company about eight years ago called Real Estate Agents I Trust. And they're going to help you get through the buying and selling process. Practically stress-free. As stress-free as possible. These are the real estate agents all over the country that have best practices. You know, there's I don't know how to interview a, a real estate agent or I didn't. I was like, you don't know a real estate agent? Yeah, Bob sold my house. Okay, I'm calling Bob. Hey, Bob, will you sell my house? Sure, sign here. That's the way it usually happens. 
It shouldn't happen that way. We've done all of the work and looked for the real estate agents that have the best practices. And I want you to interview them yourself. Just start here. It's it's really, really good and a free service to you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Take the stress off your shoulders. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Do you want to die in a nuclear war and not be a Blaze TV subscriber? I, I don't I, think so. No, you don't. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Thank you for being wide awake. Thank you for paying attention. Stu and I were just talking uh, off air, and he just said to me, you know, this, this, these aren't long-term plans anymore or problems. These, yeah. these are happening right now. It's really scary. I talked to Brian Riedel from the Manhattan Institute yesterday just about the debt. You mentioned it quickly as one of the problems, and it seems like it's way down the road. It's but not. We are, yeah, we are, it's not down the road. The government had an, uh, an opportunity to lock in our debt at 1.8% long term. This is a year ago. Now, Brian, who, is, who came on my show and said this at the time multiple times, screamed about it, yelled about it. Nobody listened to him. We didn't lock in long-term debt. Instead, we basically stayed on the equivalent of an adjustable mortgage, right? Hey, we'll keep it where it is now. We don't need to lock it in. What if it goes down to 1.5? We'd be stupid to get it at 1.8. <laughs> so they kept it on adjustable rate mortgages. Now it's gone up to, I think, already 3.8. And again, to remind <sighs> you, for each percentage point that these rates go up, it costs us $30 trillion over 30 years. So about a trillion dollars a year. For over- every point. It's gone mm-hmm. up two points. Already. We generally have been running a budget. Last year, it was $6.8 trillion. Um, but we only take in about $3 trillion, I think, when we're really going gangbusters um, in, you know, in taxes. We've been spending about $4 trillion every year. That means that today, today, just with the interest rates, we have $2 trillion of interest alone. Yeah, we're not getting anything for that. No. It's important to understand. We've already spent that money. So this is just your rates going up. Half of the money that you pay for income tax, half of it should go to just pay the loan. Just pay the interest on the loan. Money we've already spent. Correct. Years ago, maybe even decades ago. Mm-hmm. So your $2 trillion, they're not going to cut our budget by $2 trillion. They're not going to do it. They'll instead, if it's a $4 trillion budget and we have $2 trillion on top, we'll just take out another $2 trillion loan for the interest. This is how you get to hyperinflation. We must cut our spending. Time is that we are at the end of the road, gang. We're at the end of the road. This election is so important. By the way, you know, I just mentioned this, but I also mentioned uh, the U.S. strategic oil reserves. Mm. Try this on for size. During the Trump administration, Trump had negotiated with U.S. oil producers to use shale to fully feel, fill the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve for $24 a barrel, okay? Well, the Democrats went crazy, and they blocked that plan. Schumer bragged, going, yeah, you know what? We just blocked a bailout for big oil. $24 a barrel is what he had negotiated. 
Biden's Green New Deal policies have now effectively blocked all new U.S. oil production and imports since he took office from the Keystone Pipeline to issuing fewer new oil releases to exploratory permits on federal lands. He's done more than any president has done since World War II in the wrong direction. He has spent the last month begging OPEC and especially Saudi Arabia to keep OPEC production at all time highs. Okay, he went over there. They wouldn't even take his phone call. So he had to actually go over and grovel in front of the crown prince. Now, the crown prince, remember, is the guy who they say killed that reporter Khashoggi. And during his uh, campaign, he said enough of Saudi Arabia. They killed Khashoggi, and that's crime. That's a crime, and we will hold him accountable. So now he's got to go stand or kneel at the feet of that guy. And what did he say? I'm really, really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. And if you would just, if you would just keep the OPEC production going, um, I'll grant you diplomatic immunity from U.S. prosecution for the murder of Khashoggi. Wait, what? You could open things up and you could have the oil here. You go back to the Trump deal, I'm sure, $24 a a barrel for shale oil. You won't do it. So you will go to not only beg at the feet of Saudi Arabia, but you will offer him immunity. This was one of the big things that the Democrats wanted. How dare Trump? He's not going to do anything about the murder of Khashoggi. Oh, my gosh. He's a he's a murderous animal. And the prince of Saudi Arabia is bad, too. And what does he do? Biden goes over and says, by the way, we won't prosecute you on that. And they still not only say no to him. They cut production by 2 million barrels a day. It's important to note, too, before this trip, they were threatening to cut it 1 million barrels per day. And then he made this trip. He begged them. He offered them all these things. And then they cut it by 2 2 million barrels per day. Think about this. Uh, Could there be a more incompetent person than Joe Biden? I don't know. I mean, maybe he's doing it all on purpose and he's very competent. I don't know. But he is uh, he's not. He is not acting in the best interest of the United States, or he's no. not capable of doing it. One of the two. No. You know, if if Donald Trump were doing this, or if anybody was doing it, anyone was doing this six years ago, would, wouldn't, I mean, everybody, everybody would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're, wait, you're arresting people who are praying and singing in front of abortion clinics. Okay, maybe we're just going to ignore that. But we wouldn't be go, going in guns a-blazing with an FBI raid when it locally had been dismissed. We would, we would never put up with these gas prices. We would have never put up with, with Afghanistan and then mm. the politicizing of our troops. We would never, ever, no Democrat. I can't say no Democrat. No <laughs> traditional liberal would have ever said, yeah, double mastectomy for 12-year-olds? I'm good with that. Oh, we got to cut his penis off? Yeah, sure, go ahead. He's eight. Why not? Nobody would say that. 
No one would say that. And now we're apparently okay with it. That's interesting. You trust these people? And, you know, I, I, I made a list today of the most important races out there. And I wanted to talk to you about it, Stu, because hmm. you might disagree. But I think the most important race out there is the Fetterman-Oz race. <laughs> and here's why I say that. Yeah. Not because I'm a big fan of Oz. I mean, if I lived in Pennsylvania, yep, I'd be voting for him. But not a big fan of him, necessarily. Uh, but what does it say about the people in Pennsylvania that they will put a guy in who is clearly damaged? I have, you know, I have great sympathy in my family. My grandfather had a stroke. My daughter had strokes. I, I understand strokes and I have great sympathy, but I wouldn't have put my grandfather into the Senate. Okay, I wouldn't do it. I love him, love my daughter, but if you can't function like he can't in a quick uh, debate where there's lots of noise, especially at a time where the president is saying, yeah, we might be in Armageddon you know, soon. What time is it now? This is the most critical time in American history. And the people of Pennsylvania are even considering Fetterman. The Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. This is supposed to be our greatest deliberative um, body. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know what it says to me? It, it says that we've given up. If they, if they we've put John Fetterman in, like, yeah. I mean, this is like, we've, we've just, we've flushed it. We've pulled the yeah. plug out of the wall. We're waiting for the heart to stop beating. Like, this is over. We've just given do, up. We do not have a constitutional republic. That's why I think this is the most important one, because it says something about Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania voters. Really? You're that apathetic, that uninformed, or that much just past a republic that you're like whatever it doesn't yeah. matter it's not an ideological split in fact no. you know you'd look at dr oz and if anything and say he's not particularly ideological right I, yeah. I mean he was not the guy we talked about is like oh we this is a great conservative voice we need to make sure dr oz gets in because his positions on taxes are so important like i mean he's a good communicator uh, obviously he's had a, a, a very accomplished career and has a lot of uh, things to uh, you could argue on his side but like He's not a guy that you'd say, oh, my gosh, we can't put him in because he's too conservative. That's not the there's no real argument. There. No, no. It's just you have he a guy. should appeal to the middle of the road voter, the middle yeah. Democrat that is like, you know what? I don't want any of the crazies. He should appeal to those people. And then on the other side, you have a Bernie Sanders supporter. A guy, a, a guy who wants to defund the police, a guy who is on the extreme left wing of the AOC branch of the party, and because he wears a hoodie and is tall and overweight, we're supposed to just dismiss this? This is the ideological candidate here. When he can think, all he does is think like Marx, and we're going to put that guy in the Senate. At uh, this time. At this time, this when time. he's... He's not even capable of doing the socialist shtick right now. Now, this this should tell you something about the Democratic supporters. He has doubled his fundraising record 
this quarter over last quarter. Doubled his fundraising. Fetterman. Fetterman. It's come in from all over the country. So there are Democrats who are paying attention. Oh, yeah. And they are sending money to that guy. Well, if he gets in, he'll be a socialist, essentially. So that's obviously something they want. And you might say, well, how can they want a guy who is incapable of really doing anything at this point? Even, I mean, walking around and talking seems very difficult for the guy. Yep. But of course, this is why he's getting so much money from the Democrats. They want the seat. They want a socialist in there. And also, they know he can't campaign on his own. So everything they're doing is this sort of like spending a fortune on people on their in their social media team to come up with new insults for where dr oz used to live uh, what kind of platter is he buying at wegman's uh, you know you, and, it, I, and this is their entire campaign and it sh- and it absolutely shows that the people who are funding the people who are really running this show on the left do not care about a republic You cannot care about a republic, a democratic republic, where you uh, the people elect somebody who says this person can speak for me. You cannot make that case when the guy cannot speak because he can barely think. You, You don't want that. You want a rubber stamp. That's not a republic. Which one of us hates the Constitution? Which one of us is the radical? Which one of us is pushing for a new style of America? And which one of us is saying, this doesn't work. It hasn't worked for a long time. Let's look at the things that do work, reestablish those, and get rid of all the stuff that doesn't work. Let's use common sense and logic. Oh, I forgot. There is no logic. There is no common sense because in America, there is no longer any truth. Amazing, amazing time. Uh, Let's hear what Julia, right down the road here in Arlington, Texas, has to say about her results from trying GenuCell. This is the best in skincare. She says, I began using GenuCell's most popular package recently. I went to get a facial and the technician said I have impeccable skin. And she's seen 20 year olds who don't have skin as nice as mine. Now, you tell me, uh, these are the results that you'd like to see for yourself or for someone that you love. For a limited time, every most popular package is 70% off from GenuCell. Plus, you'll get GenuCell's customer favorite, the correcting serum, absolutely free. GenuCell's most popular package treats everyday skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawlines, and even the annoying bags and puffiness around the eyes. And with GenuCell's immediate effects, you'll see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. It is a remarkable product and people... Love it. GenuCell.com slash Beck. GenuCell.com slash Beck. For a limited time, your most popular package order includes a complimentary gift set with your subscription plus free express shipping. Check this out. It's the best in skincare from GenuCell. GenuCell.com slash Beck. It's G-U-G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I want to, did you see Kanye West, uh, last night on, uh, Tucker Carlson? I did not. It was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, we're going to have to talk about it later. We don't have time now, but, um, Bill O'Reilly's coming up in a minute. I'm, 
I don't know if he saw it, but uh, I don't think he's crazy. I don't think he's crazy. Um, and he made some really, really good points. And now, because he wore the uh, you know White Lives Matter sweatshirt, right, right. Um, uh, Adidas is is thinking about getting rid of him. What, do white lives not matter? I'm, well, sorry. I'm sorry. I thought they did. Yeah. I, I honestly did think that white lives along with black lives and every other life matter. Yeah, Even well, the ones in the womb for us. Well, and Adidas says no, uh, and they're going to drop him. And, uh, and I, what would you expect? I mean, I would expect something different from that company, especially since it was uh, founded by a guy named Adolf, uh, who, uh, <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was. Who was um, uh, in charge of all the sports and athleticism for the uh, uh, for the Hitler Youth? Really? Yeah, yeah. I he did and not his know. brother, the who started Puma later, because Adolf and his brother got in, into a fight. Uh, he st- so his brother broke off and he started Puma, uh, and uh, they were both, you know, members of the Nazi Party, you know. And as soon as the war was over. You know, and they stopped making those anti-tank things in their in their shoe factory. They were like, oh, no, we, we, oh, no, we love America. Love, love, love you. We always have. Uh, I take my pin off right now. Yeah. Wait, so, re- this is real history? This is real. This is I real history. something today. Kanye should say, okay, Adolf, thank you. <laughs> The Glenn Back Program. What if you could change your whole financial world in 10 minutes? And I mean dramatically change it. Save a couple of hundred dollars a month up to a thousand dollars a month. Well, you might be able to do that with American financing. I want you to call them. Take 10 minutes and just see if they can't, you know, look at your situation and find some options that will save you a buttload of money. They're really good at it. They should be. They've been at it, helping people just like you for over 20 years. If you have high interest credit card debt, they can help you get out of it. They can refinance it at a much lower rate. You know, it's better to pay 5% than 25% on your credit cards. And don't think that won't happen. Um, Even uh, can help you just raise your credit score. They can get you maybe a fixed mortgage. That's really important. Wish we would have done that, you know, as a country. American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Friday, which means Bill O'Reilly and the biggest news stories of the week in 60 seconds. I've been telling you about the Tunnel to to Towers Foundation for a while now. Honestly, they keep outdoing themselves. In Land O'Lakes, Florida, I don't know if you've even heard of this, they are now building their Do Good Village. 
there was a massive donation of acres and acres and acres of land from people just like you. And so they're building now a community of 110 homes for the program recipients. This means families of cops that have been shot in the line of duty or firemen that have lost their lives fighting uh, fires or Gold Star families, families of catastrophically injured first responders and service members. All of these people can get a mortgage-free house and be part of this community. Their children growing up together, playing together, healing together. You have to really look at which, you know, when you look at your charitable dollars, which uh, charity gives the most to the people that you're concerned about. I want you to do your own homework on uh, Tunnel to Towers. They are fantastic. Donate 11 bucks a month to Tunnel to Towers and be part of this movement. T2T.org. That's T, the number 2T.org. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. The biggest story of the week, sir. I think Biden uh, saying that Armageddon uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of big, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of big. That would be big. Yeah. Armageddon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, kind of kind of huge. Kind of huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm going to buy that Ferrari over the weekend. Um, yeah. Don't have to worry about paying for it for long. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, you know, 60 years ago, Beck, I know you're a student of history, uh, John F. Kennedy was uh, yeah. telling the nation to build fallout shelters. Yeah, you this know? month. Yeah, you might want to dig a little hole in the backyard so you and the fam can get in there uh, after the big one hits. Um, and Kennedy was dead serious because that thing was uh, hurtling out of control as the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev wanted to move uh, intercontinental missiles to Havana. And then, uh, you know, we said, that's not going to happen. And so uh, the confrontation on the high seas uh, was in motion, and the Soviet Union pulled back. Okay, so wait, now, so wait, 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 wait. Let yeah. me compare that and, and ask you a specific uh, comparison question. I believe Khrushchev was... Uh, was bluffing he wouldn't have pushed the button and kennedy didn't want him to push the button but if there was a war each of them would have fought it but they didn't want to fight that war so it was just right up to the brink which one's going to blink yeah and that's what khrushchev did right do you believe Um, that the same can be said about biden and putin no because i think putin is mentally ill So Khrushchev, I was a ruthless dictator, but I didn't, there is no evidence he was mentally ill. I think Putin is mentally ill, and that's the wild card here. But it does no good for anyone to have the president of the United States going, well, you know, on Thursday it might be Armageddon. That doesn't do anyone any good, right? It creates panic, unhappiness, angst, whatever word you want to use, and it empowers Putin. So, oh, look at this. I got them all scared over there. That's, you know, what goes through that little jerk's mind. So, you know, Kennedy, you just said, Kennedy said, you might want to start building some fallout shelters. And everyone was aware of how high the stakes were. I don't think we are, I don't think that uh, people believe that the stakes are this high, that we are in that position, even though the government, and I don't know if you saw this, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, did a press release. They purchased $300 million of a acute radiation sickness medication. This is not iodine pills. This is 
these are, you know, bags of medicine for IV that have to be kept in refrigeration and they expire in 18 months. We just bought for the very first time $300 million worth of these IV bags. They expire in that. 18 months. What do you think yeah, that is? I, I saw that. I don't, you know, look, okay, uh, it's a little preventive medicine there. Uh, we're not going to get it, by the way, Beck, you and me. We're not getting it. I mean, those would be for the uh, favored few. But you have to look at this as a geopolitical uh, chess game. And so Biden, by saying Armageddon, empowers Putin. That's not what you want to do. You don't want to do anything here. You want to let Putin go down. He is. He's going down. All right. And you don't want to be inject yourself into his demise. Now, is there a chance that Putin would uh, launch a low-level nuke in Ukraine? Yeah, there's a chance. It's not a good chance because I believe that his army would overthrow him. Yes. If he tried to do that. And what people don't understand is that U.S. intelligence, we're talking to those Russian generals now. All right. We, we have good intel out of Russia. And if you read Killing the Killers, my book, um, I, I explain how it's, these guys can't do this in secret. So if Vlad gets up one morning and goes, okay, uh, we're going to uh, launch a nuke at Kiev, he can't just do that. It ha- there's a series of steps that have to be taken, and the U.S. would know that almost immediately. Yeah, and they're, so they're, they're, if, if I'm not mistaken, Bill, and you might know this, I don't know, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, their uh, missile launching system is much more complicated than ours. It, it you know, the president and uh, one person, I think, at the White House uh, has to okay, or the uh, the uh, head of the Defense Department or something has to okay it, and then they could flip it. But they, I believe, have to go through generals, do they not? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not an expert at internal Soviet military matters, but I do know through the research for killing the killers that in order to do that kind of an offensive gesture, use a nuclear weapon, you there are a number of steps that you have to take. I mean, he'd have to consult with the Duma, okay? I mean, he just can't do it. So what Biden and the mistake that Biden always makes is he doesn't understand the big picture. He just doesn't. And he blurts stuff out. I can't imagine Klain or Rice telling him, hey, why don't you just spook everybody and, and say Armageddon might happen? I can't imagine that. All right. I mean, because it doesn't fit into any uh, positive for the Democratic Party to do that. So it's probably he heard something somewhere in a briefing. This is Biden because he gets an intel briefing every morning. Sometimes he did, he sleeps through it. He doesn't get up in time. But it's scheduled where the intel people come in and they're telling him what's happening in Russia and, and what's happening in Ukraine. And he's probably heard something and then he just blurts it out. This is guest educated speculation on my part, but I don't think I'm wrong. So are we headed there? No, you you can't do that. Headed there, you're dealing with an emotionally disturbed individual, Putin, who does have power. Okay, that's true. But Putin is constrained by China. You think China wants a a nuke launched? 
You think uh, China's going to going to play into that? No. No, but you could make the case that if Russia and America destroyed themselves, they could be there for the rebuild. And well, what, whatever the, whatever it is, if there's a nuke launched, the whole world economy crashes. Yeah, true. Okay? True. Everybody knows that. And, you know, Putin signs his death warrant. If he would ever do that, then, you know, the USA and China could band together and assassinate the man. I mean, that would happen. You just can't, you know, it's not just going to happen. You can't just do that with no blowback. And Putin, as mentally ill as I believe he is, he doesn't want to die. He doesn't have a death wish. All right, he's still got enough toys and stuff that keep him occupied. But the big story, when you ask me, it's the big story of the week, is that the reaction from Biden is not smart. Is anybody surprised? No. Um, all right. So let me switch subjects because I, I agree with you. That's the big story of the week. The second biggest, I think, is the attack of the FBI, where the FBI is going after pro-lifers now. Oh, and also that the HHS has just funneled $750,000 to an abortion activist uh, group. So we're our tax dollars are now going to support abortion activists while the government is rounding up, you know, 84-year-old grandmas and threatening them with 11 years in prison. You know, this story is ill-defined for me. There are federal laws, as you know, that you cannot do certain things in front of abortion clinics. These people clearly broke the law. Mm, uh, no, they, it, they had a misdemeanor. It was, it was judged. All right, all right, whether it's the misdemeanor yeah. or whatever it may be, I'm, I'm not there. I don't know. I haven't seen a complaint. Um, is it an overreaction? Of course it is. And it's an overreaction to put the abortion issue in front of the American people again before the midterm elections. That's why these things happen. That's why the raid at Mar-a-Lago, that's why uh, the abortion thing, it's all about politics. Democrats believe they're going to get waxed, and they will. Um, and so what do we have? We got Trump, we got abortion. We don't have anything else. Here's the best uh, stat of the week I can give you and Stu. Is Stu there or is he asleep? I'm I'm both here and asleep, Bill. Okay, good. Um, There are hundreds of Democrats running for national office this November. Hundreds. Not one has asked Joe Biden to campaign for him or her. Can I use those pronouns? <laughs> Not one. That that is beyond stunning. You'd think somewhere Silicon Valley, LA, the mayor of LA running you think somewhere. Hey Joe, could you just stop by and say a few kind words about me? No. No one. What does that tell you? He's not popular. <laughs> He's not popular. Radioactive, pardon the pun. Yeah. Radioactive. So the Democratic Party knows this. I, I, I love Nancy Pelosi going on Colbert. I mean, I think uh, Colbert is her adopted son, by the way. Not many mm-hmm. people know that, I think. Uh, is anybody even watching Colbert anymore? No, nobody watches. Yeah. But they get, it gets out on the Internet. Uh, the stuff gets out on the right. internet, and uh, and as Nancy, oh, we're gonna win. We'll hold the house, 
and then I'll go and get that little Dorothy and Toto. Um, <laughs> and he's just sitting there going, no, you're not. <laughs> you And that's it for you, Nancy, baby. That's it. You're through. You won't run again. You'll go back to San Francisco and lie in the gutter with all the other people. Did you see that uh, Biden, again, trying to buy votes, uh, he uh, pardoned everybody in federal prison who, you know, was caught with uh, with uh, marijuana. marijuana. But yeah. there, there's nobody in federal prison for That's that. Right, nobody. Nobody. But there are 6,000 people over the past 50 years who were uh, convicted of possession in a federal court. 6,000 over 50 years. Okay. Now, why were those people, were they just smoking pot behind the shed? No, they pleaded down. They were dealers and they pleaded down to possession. Okay. <laughs> people don't know this. So their Biden goes, well, you know, I'm going to just pardon all of them. Well, I don't care. I mean, you know, fine. Let them pardon them. Um, doesn't <laughs> matter to me. No, doesn't matter to the country. There's nobody there to pardon. There's nobody no, there. It doesn't matter. Joe thinks he's doing something noble. And, you no, know, I think go. Joe is trying to buy voters and dupe voters. Somebody, this is not his idea. Somebody came up and said this to him so he can look like he's actually helping some people in prison when it's not going to affect a soul in prison. No. I mean, this is a younger voter play. The yeah. stoners uh, out there oh, all vote for Biden. He's not going to. Well, he likes pot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I'm voting ben, for that dude. Back I'm with gonna... <laughs> uh, more of Bill O'Reilly in a second. Ren wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, uh, ever since we started moving Rough Greens into Piper's food, she always finishes her meal. Same with Uno. I, I mean, he wouldn't eat ever and he licks the bowl clean now she loves the product so much we noticed that since she started her fur is fuller softer brighter and just beautiful thank you so much rough greens ren thank you for listening thanks for trying rough greens it's not a dog food it's a supplement developed by naturopathic dr dennis black and you put it on the dog's food and it has minerals probiotics antioxidants full of vitamins everything if it's healthy for your dog it's most likely in rough greens the folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it that they have a special deal for you. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back. They're going to give you a first trial bag free. This is just to see if your dog will eat it and like it as much as Uno does. If they do, then get a full bag of Rough Greens and watch the difference over the months in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash back. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN33. Roughgreens.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, all right, Bill, let's talk a little bit about politics. Okay, Beck, give me a minute at the end for killer, uh, for yeah, legends, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, okay, politics here, I'm ready. Okay, we could start with Stacey Abrams, or you can go to, I mean, I made a list this morning of, the top three races that, to me, are the most important races because of what they say. For instance, Mike Lee is on this list. They are running a CIA agent who is trying to make Mike Lee and the press in Utah making Mike Lee into a radical. He's the furthest thing from a radical. 
Um, yeah, but he's going to win, Mick, so uh, what do you care? Well, uh, some polls show that it's a tight race. No, no, no Beck. Okay. One out of races, and I'll tell you who's going to win. All right? Fetterman. Let's make it easy for everybody. Fetterman. Uh, I think Oz will beat Fetterman unless there is corruption in Philadelphia, which is possible. The only way Fetterman wins is if the Democratic machine in Philadelphia mobilizes uh, voters there to the level of the 2020 presidential election, which is almost unheard of. No, okay? it, it would be unheard of. So you right. said you said you'd make it easy, and then you gave an exception. So either way that it works, you still. Yeah, win. I mean, I, I have to do that because I just I have to explain so people understand my madness. Carrie Lake. <laughs> what was that? What was Carrie that? Lake, governor of uh, Arizona? Uh, I think she might lose. Uh, no. Arizona's really turned blue, and. Uh, it looks like Kelly's going to win. Um, no, 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 no. Well, Kelly is running against uh, Masters. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Masters. Yeah. You're saying no, no, both. no. I know that. But if Kelly wins, that brings more votes to the uh, Democratic gubernatorial guy. Mm. Um, so if I had to bet, I'd say that the Democrats will win, which is just stunning when you look at the state of Arizona on the border and the economy. So what happened um, to the idea? Because uh, inflation is the worst in the country in Arizona. Right. Yeah. What happened I, to I mean, the I, people vote with their pocketbook? I, I, I just don't know. It's a heavily Hispanic state. And I could be wrong because the Hispanics are very hardworking people, generally speaking. And they may have had enough. Um, but Kelly is popular there. Personally popular. And Lake... I, I don't know if she's got enough to override the Kelly mm. vote. I disagree on both of those, but we'll see. Okay, we'll, well, we'll, we'll be back yeah, in we'll November, see. right? Uh, Herschel Walker. Done. Wow. Latest poll, he's down 11 points. Yeah, and, and yeah. look, you can't, what you have to do when somebody accuses you of something that heinous, promoting pro-life and then paying for an abortion you have to either say yes i did it because i was a confused young man at the time and i didn't really understand it or no i did not do it and i'm suing the butt off of the daily beast one or the other you can't equivocate he goes on hannity he says he didn't do it but now he's not suing and so nobody's believing him and he didn't and say so, he was going to sue. You know, why would voters, I wouldn't vote for him if I were down there. And, I, and the other guy, Warnock, is the worst. Yeah. I wouldn't vote for either of them. I'm not going to vote for Warnock. But, I mean, I, you can't vote for a guy like, who's going to lie to your face. I don't think he's, I, I honestly don't think he's lying. Um, oh, if, but, Beck, if that's true, and I hope it is, I think he needs to be afforded due process, Walker. I hope it is. Yeah. Then you got to come up, or Walker's campaign's got to come up with some persuasion mechanism to get. I don't know, Bill. People. It's the Daily Beast. Uh, you know, I just don't trust the Daily Beast. Oh There's, no, no. I mean, that's the worst. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, no. And, I, and I know say, the only thing worse than the Daily Beast is Warnock. So, <laughs> but if I vote but for if Walker. That's not, Beck, if that's not true, he could file a hundred million dollar lawsuit, and that's yeah. Barry Diller. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm, sure. I uh, 
I still vote for. I still vote against uh, uh, Warnock myself. Okay, Bill O'Reilly, hang on. I want to talk about your new book. I forgot to give you the minute, so I'm going to give it to you on the other side of the break. More with Bill O'Reilly in just a second. Stand by. Sarah. The Glenn Beck Program. I want you to start the clock. He gets one minute. That's what he asked for. One minute. (laughs) All right. Let's be honest. Your phone spends most of its time costing you money. From the phone service itself to all the crap you buy online when you're bored. uh, All the time you just waste. The phone basically burning a hole in your soul. But... What if it didn't have to be that way? What if there was something you could put on your phone that would save you instead of cost? Upside is an amazing app that will save you money on gas, groceries, dining out. Tanya has it on her phone. Stu's wife has it on hers. They're always, you know, it's like my grandma clipping coupons, except it's more sophisticated now. Um, you'll automatically get 25 cents back or more for every gallon on your first tank of gas. And from there, you just find an offer for whatever you're buying on upside, check in at the business. And when you pay, they get uh, when you pay, they pay you. It's easy. It's upside. Download the free upside app right now and use the promo code back. You'll get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank gas. 25 cents or, or more on every gallon. Use the promo code BECK. Download the app now. It's upside. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. More with Bill O'Reilly coming up. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, Mr. Bill O'Reilly, welcome back to the uh, program. Uh, how'd your book do this week? This is the first week, wasn't it? Or yeah, it, it did. You know, hundred thousand copies uh, we sold, which is you know pretty good for anybody. And uh, but yeah. he, but here's what's interesting about uh, the book is Killing the Legends: A Lethal, Dangerous Celebrity. Amazon.com is the main bookseller now in the country. And if you buy a book from them or you're just going to cruise around and look for books, they have reviews that people who uh, buy the book, and, and some of them don't, some of them just don't read the book and they don't like the person, and so they trash them. But Killing the Legends has had the highest positive review, 87% back. 87%. The only one of my books, this is the 12th killing book was Jesus killing Jesus. The only one that had a higher, uh, reader, um, positive response. And you really can't criticize Jesus. That's hard. You You don't want to get into that area. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm going 87% of the people. Hang on just a second. We, we were going to give him one minute. Can you start a timer? I I didn't know that. I thought you had a little time to fill here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. Come on. What am I, Captain Hook? With the little thing going back and forth there? All right, all right, all right. So everybody loved the book. Give me the the main thing that people are saying about it. Look, I'm not going to give you that. I'm going to give something that you're going to be interested in, okay? Um, I'll be the judge. So we're going to be eclipsed next week by the Hate Trump book that the New York Times reporter Haberman wrote. Okay, that book is going to open at one everywhere. Why would Donald Trump and you I'm asking you, Beck, why would Donald Trump 
give three interviews to Haberman when for six years, every single day, she's tried to hurt him. Wait a minute. You are the guy who wrote the book about Donald Trump. You're the Trump whisperer. I'm asking you, Beck. I'm asking you. I don't know. If somebody I, hurts you every day for six years, would you give no, them I would not, three but I interviews think he, that you know are going to help sell that book? No. Would you do that? No. Okay. The reason he did it, Donald Trump, is he's addicted to fame. He has to be in the spotlight even if they're hammering him. And it ties right into what I've written in Killing the Legends. This fame thing will destroy Will destroy people. you. It's, if fame and fortune is battery acid to the soul. It just is. It, it can get a hold of you. And uh, you, you, I mean, you, sometimes you just don't see it coming. And it will change you. It will change you. Excellent right. analysis, Beck. Thank right. you very much you for everything. You got it. What was that rate? What did you say it was rated again, your book on Amazon? 87% excellent. 87%. That is amazing. Because I'm looking at uh, The Great Reset, which is also on Amazon, and it's, uh, wow, 88%. I'd question his fact-checking on that. Uh, look at it. 88%, five stars. <laughs> All uh, right, brother. God bless you, man. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, bye bye. We can get bills down to eighty six at yeah. least. You know, uh, can we go back to the poll of Herschel Walker? Yeah, you mentioned this, and I think it's important to note um, there is a poll that came out uh, f- uh, just the other day um, that has Warnock up by twelve in Georgia, and you say, "Oh my gosh, this scandal is burning uh, Herschel Walker." And I think that's been the reaction uh, to this, but in reality, this poll is a, a real outlier in the race. The last uh, several polls were Warnock plus four, Warnock plus two, tie, Warnock plus two. So that's really where the race is. Okay, a good, slightly good, good, Warnock. Good. Um, and this race, uh, this poll came out before the scandal. This was taken. The 11 the, point? The, yeah, the 12 point. Holy cow. Finished uh, asking people who they'd vote for before the scandal broke. So it's really important to, uh, to understand that that was not, it's not, not a reaction poll. There's another poll that came out more recently that has Warnock up three. Still within the margin of error. So still within the margin of error. I mean, I think you could fairly say that probably Warnock has a slight lead leading into the scandal. Now, if we see polling next week that shows uh, Herschel Walker uh, down by eight, 10, 12 points. I don't think so. Then you can really say that there's been an impact here. I, I, I'd be surprised if there's an impact that that, yeah. that is that large. Yeah. Um, I think people have priced in that Herschel Walker has had problems in his past. I don't know that people believe this report. I think more damaging than the report, which again comes from the Daily Beast. Why, you know, why would you listen, you know, to it? Uh, more, more damaging is his son, right? His son, yeah. who is a a conservative influencer, coming out and and criticizing him is more impactful if there's going to be an impact. So, uh, Stacey Abrams has recently said that she has she's never said that she, you know, that the race was stolen and that she, you know, that she won. In fact, we have that audio clip from her saying that. Will you commit to conceding if you do not win more votes than Governor Kent? I have always acknowledged the outcome of elections. And what is deeply concerning to me is the conflation of access to the right to vote and the outcome of elections. I have never challenged the outcome of the election. In my speech on, on November 16th, I clearly stated that he was the victor. 
And any time I've discussed the outcome, it has always been in the context of what we were able to generate among voters who are used to not being considered a part of the process. Huh. Hmm. That's uh, that's interesting, because hmm. uh, could we roll the tape, please, on Stacey Abrams? I have never denied the outcome. Then I do have one very affirmative statement to make. We won. But I didn't lose. I got the votes. But we won't know exactly how many because of how they cheated. I did win my election. I just didn't get to have the job. We were robbed of an election. Using the word rigged, using the word steal, do you think it's dangerous going into 2020? I, I don't, because we can actually back it up. And so in response to what I believe was a stolen election, and I'm not saying they stole it from me, they stole it from the voters of Georgia. I spent the, the interim 10 days between the election and my non-concession day, as we call it, uh, <laughs> In fact, someone outside asked if I'm ever going to concede. The answer is no. It was not a free and fair election. I think the election was stolen from the people of Georgia. I believe it was stolen from the voters. I just said it can't happen again. Thousands of Georgians had their voices stolen because they were not able to cast ballots. And they cannot be guaranteed that their votes will be counted in 2020 if we don't do this right. I said that the election was stolen from the Georgia voters. If it looks like it's cheating, it probably is. If it looks like it's rigged, it probably is. The process that took place during the legislative cycle was one that did not countenance and did not pay attention to the deep and real concerns of those who watched this election be stolen in the state of Georgia. It was stolen from the voters of Georgia. We do not know what they would have done because not every eligible Georgian was permitted to participate fully in the election. That sounds like she's den- she's denying uh the, uh, but only those several thousand times that you just yeah, heard. It, I mean, could you play her her latest statement on what she said? The last one, one again, more time. No, the, the first the, one the again. The first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Will you commit to conceding if you do not win more votes than Governor Kent? I have always acknowledged the outcome of elections. And oh, she's not what saying is yes. deeply concerning to me is the conflation of access to the right to vote and the outcome of elections. I have never challenged the outcome of the election in my speech on on november 16th i clearly stated that non-concession speech anytime i've discussed the outcome it has always been in the context of what we were able to generate among voters who are used to not being considered a part of the process oh Uh, she's just blatantly lying and and, you know (laughs) look crazy this is the only defense she has here because this was uh, you know stolen election talk was the purview of the left for the past half century every election in my adult life has been an election uh, when the Democrats have lost it that they have claimed it was stolen. Every single major election. This is what they've done every single time. And it was the right that had never really done it. I mean, I don't remember Republicans ever saying elections were stolen. There may be a couple of examples uh, here and there, but but I don't remember that ever being a big part of the, of the right's analysis of elections. Our, we would always say stuff like, oh, you know, look, when we, we lose, we, we don't burn the city to the ground. We, we just, you know, move on with our lives and continue to fight. That's always what it was. Now, obviously, that's changed here in the last couple of years and that a lot of people on the right do believe that's happened in 2020. But, like, they can't deny that this was the a central part of their movement for a half century. But, right. yes, yet they do. Every time. She said it. Over and over and over and over again. And she said it in a m- bunch of different ways. So in case you were worried that maybe she slipped up with one of those. Like if she just said, you know, actually we won. Maybe you'd give her a break on one comment right. off the cuff. She said it like 50 times there. Yeah, I'm the real governor of yeah. Georgia. I just didn't get to have the job. Right. Like what, what are you talking about? 
you know, you, you elections are run over a set of rules. Like there is a legitimate argument to be made that, be, you know, especially because of COVID, a lot of rules were changed going into 2020 that that gave advantages to Democrats before the election started. The rules were set and those rules gave advantage to Democrats. Now, you can say that that's what you can picture to be a, a, a stolen election. But elections go are supposed to be run through a set of rules that are agreed upon beforehand. And she might think that all the felons in her state should be able to vote. But that wasn't the law. I'm sorry. You don't do it. That doesn't mean your election was stolen. That, that was the law at the time. And she honestly, in some of those, goes well beyond that and basically says they just stole the votes. She goes as far as, you know, Sidney Powell in half of those statements. Well, let me just say this. Your Honor, I did not rob the bank. I just collected the money that should have been mine because companies should have been giving me this right. money. Yeah. And I'm just collecting that money. No, you robbed the bank. And that's and you're and that's only a, a legitimate analysis of about half of those statements. The other half, <laughs> she just straight out says it was stolen. She straight out says it's not she's not even making the justification that the law should have been different or felons should have been able to vote. She's just saying she won. And, you know, this idea that you can just do that. And then remember, this wasn't we went with Terry McAuliffe when he was running against Youngkin. We went back and played all of his clips mm -hmm. of him saying every oh, major yeah. election that was close was stolen. Yep. This is what Democrats have done forever. We played all those, but they some of those went back to nineteen, you know, or you know, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, uh, two thousand four. This was two thousand eighteen. This was the last election b before the twenty twenty election that the left says is the worst thing of all time because people keep saying it was stolen. This is their candidate. They chose her. They've promoted her as the savior of the party. And she has run a four-year campaign saying her election was stolen. <laughs> All right. So why is it important that you go out and vote? Well, have you seen the price of bread and milk and everything else? I'm guessing yes. Have you seen the price at the gas station? I'm guessing yes. What is causing that? I'm going to give you another log for the fire that should make, you know, every American go, oh, wait a minute. That will definitely make it worse in 60 seconds. Fortune does not, in fact, always favor the bold. Ask anybody who, you know, thought they didn't need cybersecurity, only to find out later that, uh, yeah, they had their identity stolen from by some eager uh, cyber criminals. In fact, there's a story out today. Where is this story? Um, there was a big, uh, I don't have it here. There was a huge uh, robbery, if you will, of uh, by cyber criminals of a list of names and uh, kind of a problem, kind of a problem. Because a lot, millions of people now have had their, their identity stolen. Do you know if you were one of them? You probably won't know until it's too late. Everything is online right now. Get 25% of your, off, uh, of your uh, subscription right now at lifelock.com slash Beck. Okay? Just go there now. You'll get 25% off. They will... They have safety measures to try to keep you safe. Uh, if they can't prevent it, because nobody can prevent everything, 
Uh, they have access to a restoration team for you so you can have your information restored. No one can prevent everything, but I'm telling you, this is a real threat. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. We, Tanya and I have had our butt saved several times by LifeLock. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25%. LifeLock.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Hey, Janet Yellen had something great uh, that she announced yesterday. Uh, cut three, please. To advance this objective, Treasury is announcing a new nearly billion-dollar contribution to the Clean Technology Fund. And the Biden administration remains committed to boosting international climate financing to over $11 billion by 2024. Oh, wow. In addition to abating emissions, countries must also build greater resilience to climate change's impacts. This is great. So let me see if I have this right. We are just giving the globe a billion dollars to fight climate change. And uh, and then we're going to underwrite loans up to eleven billion dollars. That's fantastic. That uh, let me tell you something that spending that's worth paying extra for milk every day. Oh, yeah, because it could turn into something. It won't, but, but in it theory, could. it could. It could, and we know it will turn into more inflation. Uh, if you, you missed our look at the uh, national debt and how critical it is right now that Americans pay attention to it, make sure you get the podcast uh, today uh, and listen back to uh, our number one. Also, there was a debate between Kelly and Blake Masters yesterday. This is a 19-second cut. Go ahead, roll that, please. We're, we're, we're working to raise Border Patrol pay by 18, 18%. I've got legislation to do that. I've been focused on the border since day one. Okay. You, I, you know, we have no great effects because we have a wide open southern border. So if that's the best you it, can do, I respectfully request you resign. Been, and let's get someone in the seat who will actually secure our border. <laughs> a Masters, I think, took Kelly apart. Really? Yeah, I, I think surprised. he did really, really well. Um, he did not look like a maverick at all. Yeah, I, that, he, this maverick thing he's trying to pull off. No. I understand why he's trying to pull it off, but I mean, if anyone could pull it off, it would be cinema. Kelly yes. was was literally on and on Master board to that. vote for the three, four, five trillion dollar Build Back Better I plan. Know. Forget the small one he I wound know. up voting for anyway. Yeah, Masters took him apart on that too. Oh, good. He's like, I I have respect. I disagree with cinema, but I have respect for her because you don't know how you vote. You don't know how she's going to vote. You. I can tell you yes on anything Biden asks the for. The Glenn Beck Program. Totally remarkable stat. Totally. When I first heard it, I thought it was right. I could. That can't be right. And it is. It is right. Um, all right. Let me tell you about Covenant Eyes. The world is changing. The 1950s. You know, uh, Kinsley single-handedly overthrew untold generations of societal norms with his book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, and the sexual revolution followed. The results is, uh, I mean, we no longer keep pornography away from anybody. It is everywhere, and it destroys families, destroys it, and it's on purpose. Now our children are being exposed to it in school. 
Do not let yourself or your kids or your grandkids fall prey to this scourge. Covenant Eyes can help you keep yourself and your family safe from pornography. Take action today. Get Covenant Eyes accountability software free for 30 days by visiting C-O-V-E-Y-E-S, coveyes.com slash Glenn. Coveyes.com slash Glenn. Don't wait any longer. The destruction needs to end now. This software can help you. It is the last hour of the Glenn Beck program. We're going to open up the phones this hour, 888-727-BECK. Anything that we missed, anything you want clarity on, any comment on what's happened this week, 888-727-BECK. We do have some comments on what is happening in Iran this week. And where are all the feminists? Jimmy Kilstein joins us in 60 seconds. Mike Lindell has made the best bed sheets of of anybody. I mean, this is, you can fight me on it, but I will fight you. Um, All you hear about bed sheets is, oh, the thread count. It's a one billion thread count. They had to kill 800 cotton sheep. They did, they had to kill them because of this one thing. Yeah, It, it, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. When you look and compare Giza Dream Sheets, they are at their lowest price ever. The sheets are 60% off, which means they are as low as $39.99 with a promo code BECK. I am a sheet snob. Stu will verify that. I am a sheet snob. And I think I've turned everybody else that works with me into a sheet snob. Um, I, I mean, I just like really soft sheets. And these are the best. And an amazing price, especially now at 60% off, $39.99. MyPillow.com. Click on the uh, radio listener special square. Check out the flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets along with other limited time offers. Enter the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. It's uh, MyPillow.com. Promo code BECK. Jamie Kilstein is uh, with us. He is uh, the host of... Uh, F-Up's uh, Guide to the Universe. <laughs> I, I'm still bound by uh, FCC rules. Jamie, welcome to the program. There's Here's the good news. Uh, your new uh, uh, Christian boy, red-pilled version of Jamie Kilstein has a brand new podcast that is not going to be that podcast that is called Advice Not Taken. 
That's a mental health comedy podcast that's going to debut on Monday. So we will no really? longer have to awkwardly stammer through my uh, <laughs> my well, my old so title now, that I thought was edgy. So now, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. Did, did you just identify yourself as a Christian? Okay, so look, here's what happened. I know this is not what we were supposed to talk about. I've <laughs> now been to church twice since coming on uh, your stupid show, and it's so great. Like, I, I, I love it. Um, I mean, dude, back in the day, I opened for Christopher Hitchens at the Sydney Opera House. Wow. Like, it was like um, atheist talk. And I always said I was agnostic. I, yeah. I hated the term atheist just yeah. because who knows, right? Like no one's going to be like, there's no God. And then if God was like, hello, I'm here. They wouldn't be like, no, no, I've read Richard Dawkins or whatever. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it's so funny. As I'm getting older, you know, I, uh, I did a really big stand-up show in Austin and all the comics were like, Hey man, we're going to the strip club afterwards. And I swear to God in my head, I was like, I have, church in the morning (laughs) so i have now i have been to and by the way like the the thought of even getting like turned on by a stripper is so far gone now i remember i was at church and i was just staring at like like married couples and i'm like yeah that's the stuff like that's what i good for you good for you well are you going to be talking about this stuff on your lawn are you gonna be talking about this kind of stuff on your new podcast I think so. I really want to, I mean, the whole topic advice not taken is that a lot of times we're really good at giving advice and bad at taking it. Mm. So I do want to explore questions about, you know, past mistakes, about trauma, about trying to fix yourself, about being flawed. Um, all the, you know, that, that was the thing I, I didn't know. I just assumed Christians and everyone was just super judgmental and it, it's the opposite. It's like, no, Jesus knew we were flawed and forgives. And I was yeah. like, Oh, this Jesus fella, he's got something figured out. He yeah. Sounds pretty cool. I'll there, there, I will warn you there. You will run into from time to time, a Christian that, you know, doesn't think they're really all that flawed and judgmental, <laughs> but uh, you know, anyway, follow the Jesus dude. Anyway. So Jamie, yeah. you, you have been watching what's going on as have I um, in yeah. Iran and it's, it's phenomenal. School girls are now, are yeah. now taking off their hijabs and telling the, the moral police, morality police to beat it. Yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, morality police, I thought that was like, uh, I thought that was people being sarcastic. I didn't know that was a real thing. Like, when <laughs> I, like I thought it was like, oh, what do you do? Call the morality police. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, that's a real thing. And it's people with guns. And yeah, I mean, this all started because there was a, a really young girl. I think she was 22, uh, Masa Amini. And she was killed in custody for immoral dress um again uh, not funny so far stay with me and yeah all these women are being so brave and there are women cutting their hair on tv and you're right they're taking their hijabs off and they're dancing which um is prohibited and that to me seems like uh number one feminist complaint uh should be women being murdered right like i feel <laughs> yeah. like over man spreading over microaggression. Yep. I feel like women being murdered by the state <laughs> uh, pr- problematic. Is that what they would say? Problematic. Yeah. Uh, very, it, it's bad. Yes. It's very bad. 
Um, you know, this isn't the morality police in America, which is like woke Twitter yelling at me for not seeing bros in the theater. This is like women are being uh, killed for, right. for, for not dressing like a prisoner. And I think what's happened is, you know, I don't want to just come on here and slam the left because I know there are so many people who care and so many people who cover the Middle East on 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 both sides. But I think the reason this isn't the number one issue is because it's it, it, it's white liberals not wanting to feel racist. Like we've boxed, our, boxed ourselves into such a corner that people are so scared that the only people we can criticize are like hot, white, rich, straight guys like Chris Pratt. We can criticize Chris Pratt all the time, right? And so we have this progressive paradox where you have to put minorities on like a scale to see who's more oppressed before you defend the other one, which is insulting. Like people will be like, okay, I want to defend women, but if it's Muslims oppressing, we can't cover that because we've bombed Muslims and Muslims are oppressed. Like, can we blame Johnny Depp on it? Like it just, it takes away any intellectual honesty. Like it's bad when we kill innocent Muslims. It's bad when women get harassed and killed by Muslims. It's bad when Asian people get hate crimed. It's bad if it's by white people. It's bad if it's by black people. You know, if a black trans homeless lady in a wheelchair was killing Muslim women, that is still bad. Uh, and I think people are just afraid to call it out. <laughs> you know, uh, Jamie, I have to tell you, I I don't know if I agree with that they're afraid. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. I want to tell you experience. Uh, do you remember when... The Iranian government, the moral police were throwing homosexuals off the roof of buildings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that was kind of a big line for me. You know, I'm like, right. I think as a human <laughs> sure. being, we should stand up against yeah. that. And uh, so I went to New York and it took me a while to get a an, uh, a meeting with the head of GLAD in New York. And she came into Whoa. my office uh, along with, you know, two other assistants and um, and very standoffish. And I'm like, look, you and I, we don't have a lot in common, um, you know, uh, but we do have one thing I think in common. And that is homosexuals should not be thrown off roofs. And um, I said, I haven't told anybody I'm having a meeting with you. And if my audience finds out that I would be willing to partner with you on that one issue, it's going to cost me listeners. But if it helps save lives and brings attention to that problem, we both should be willing to put our our differences aside. We're never going to agree on wedding yeah. cakes. But we all sure. can agree on throwing people off the roof. They didn't do it. It's a low bar. Yeah, really? very low bar. Did they say, oh, no. What did they say? Uh, I can't remember exactly. Do you remember, Stu? It was, It was. I think it was, uh, we have way too much uh, that is different. Uh, and it it would not be something that we would. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think they just made a calculation, right? Yeah, I mean, but that we would be able yeah, to I tolerate. I mean, dude, I like, you know, I tweeted I was coming on the show before and I got a bunch of people saying supportive stuff. And every time I come on this show, I'll lose people where they'll be like, man, what happened to you? You used to make fun of Glenn or he used to make fun of you. And it's like, yeah, man, isn't that great? Like, that should be something that is applauded. Yes. Where it's, you know, that reasoning to not do something with you is the reasoning it is more important. It's like when you can get, you know, if you got Noam Chomsky and Ted Cruz sponsoring a bill together, 
you know, I, I want to hear what that is. It was like yeah. when McCain teamed up with Fox. When John McCain teamed up with Russ Feingold about uh, uh, election reform, you just go, okay, man, well, if those two are talking, this seems like it is an important issue. You know what I mean? And it's so sad how tribalized we are and that people are so afraid of stepping foot into the other camp when all the people we admire, you know, me and you talked about this on your podcast, you know, Martin Luther King, God, all the people we look up to, they brought people together. The goal wasn't, uh, especially when lives are on the line, like we're seeing yeah. now in Iran, like when you met with Glad. So where, so, so the, you just think that they're too afraid that feminists are too afraid? Is there no well, feminist leader? I, I went, well, there is. Uh, I mean, no, uh, probably, okay. Look, liberals don't have, uh, we don't love the word leaders or um, structure or uh, getting things done. Yeah. But or getting I, things done. <laughs> because I'm usually not this um, like trite or petty, but I was so upset about the Iran thing. And I haven't been on this website in a very long time, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if. Uh, Jezebel, I'm sure your listeners are familiar. It's a big mm-hmm. feminist website. Yeah. I'm going to see if they're covering this story. And I went last week and I rechecked this morning. Like, dude, it's not on the front page. The front page when I checked was um, the Try Guys, who I've never heard of, but I guess one of them had an affair. And then it was Jordan Peterson crying. That was the the big the big story, it wasn't women are being killed in Iran, feminists gather around, we must show solidarity and support our sisters um, overseas. It was, ha ha, the, uh, Kermit the lobster guy is sad. Let's all make fun of Jordan Peterson. And there was a whole article making fun of Jordan Peterson, which, by, and that was a story, like, that was on Twitter. All of my lefty Twitter friends were talking about that too. And... Uh, you know, then there was like a follow-up story where it's like Ben Shapiro defends Jordan Peterson crying. And that suddenly became the feminist news cycle, which wow. is so sad for a million reasons, which is like you're not defending women. You're making fun of a dude. And you're making fun of a dude who's crying because he's trying to help men, right? And I don't know what's going on with Jordan Peterson. There's some stuff he says that's great. There's some stuff that I'm like, meh. But he's certainly not the, like, Hitler-esque cartoon that people make him out no. to be. Like, the first time I watched him, I was like, oh, this is going to be hateful. And he was like, make your bed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should make my bed. <laughs> and like, that, was kinda, that was sort of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. This guy's fine. But also, and, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a lot of people on the right, I think Matt Walsh, who I've never agreed on uh, with, uh, he, he made this point where it's like, didn't we want – men to be more vulnerable isn't this what feminists and the left have sort of asked for and now suddenly you have this masculine man crying and they sound like the people they're making fun of where they're like oh jordan peterson you little girl what did your tampon get stuck are you triggered come on soy boy like they're suddenly turning into these bullies where it's like, dude, you were the one saying that men just punch walls and don't go to therapy. And now you have a man who is crying and being emotional and you're going to mock him. And it was the first time that I sort of saw what conservatives were saying, which I always thought was a really goofy thing to say, where they're like, feminists just hate men. They don't defend women. Um, 
And in this case, it's like, well, yeah, you have this opportunity to defend women who are struggling so hard. It's so heartbreaking and also admirable what's happening in Iran with these women. And you're just going to make fun of a dude because it'll get a ton of retweets because anytime you make fun of Jordan Peterson, it'll get numb. I mean, they made fun of him for going to rehab, which yeah. is like crazy heartbreaking i I, it's bully i i will tell you that i i've been i've been hoping that somebody would uh start you know burning scarves and it would become a you know something that christians and and others would stand up uh against and uh and make that go viral uh, viral but i think we're just too busy uh slapping each other with bologna or whatever the (laughs) Whatever the hell that tortillas. is. Tortillas, that's right. Tortillas. <laughs> no, no, no. You may be on a different website. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's why you got you to gotta sign up for that sponsor. And yeah, watch. yeah, I know. I, yeah, it, you know, it's these little inconsequential things that make for funny banter during the day on Twitter and everyone gets to feel like little snarky school bullies and then it goes away and nothing has changed. I mean, man, it should be, there should be Muslims right now in America. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure there are, um, talking about what's happening. Um, I know there are, but when it comes to woke liberal Twitter, it's like, Hey man, don't say you're the party of compassion and freedom and, um, all this stuff when you just, you publicly, you, you don't care whether it's because you're afraid you're going to be called a racist because we have this oppression Olympics on the left or whether it's because, look, man, if I would be saying the exact same thing to you, if it was happening in Sweden and if it was, you know, white girls who uh, were getting stoned for yeah. not taking off their cardigans, like right. I would say the same thing. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I have no, just because I went to church twice doesn't mean I'm just like, <laughs> right. Islam. like dude, I, 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 I respect respect Islam as much as I respect Buddhism, as much as I respect Christianity, (laughs) all that stuff. This has nothing to do with religion. That has to do with like women are being murdered. Yes. And we should probably do something. So Jamie, give me the name of your podcast again for Monday. Yeah. So the advice, uh, it's called advice, not taken advice, not taken. Jamie Kilstein. Yeah. You can follow me on social media because I'll be posting clips. Uh, my Instagram's at the Jamie Kilstein. My Twitter is Jamie Kilstein. And then you can also go to jamiekilstein.com slash tour. I'm going to be headlining in Syracuse soon and Dallas and Fort Worth are the next two oh, we'll uh, ha- headline gigs. Oh, we'll have to uh, let us know when you're in Dallas. We'll have to go. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much. God bless you. Keep it up. <laughs> so I've, got, I've been in church twice now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I do too. I love watching people discover things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Patriot Mobile. Line has been drawn in the sand for quite a while now, and that line isn't between Democrat and Republican or conservative and liberal. It is between, hmm, Americanism and Marxism, or I'd like to say good versus evil. And I take the Americanism out. You know, I don't want to put that up as, uh, you know, uh, the opposite of evil because it sometimes has been evil. But boy, we are choosing evil over and over and over again right now. And that's not going to work for us. We have to support businesses that hold to the same values that we have. Can you save money in the process? Great. Okay. Can you give me an example? Yes, Patriot Mobile for quite a while now. They are exactly the kind of company that I'm talking about. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget. 
They have 100% U.S.-based customer service support team. It's awesome. Uh, Patriot Mobile shares your values and takes some of their profits and supports organizing fighting for religious freedom, uh, the constitutional rights that we all have, sanctity of life, veterans, first responders, and they actually do it. It's not like just a token. This is what drives these people. That and saving you money and giving you great phone service. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 972-PATRIOT. Use the promo code Beck and save. You'll get free activation with the offer code Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Ready. Let me go to uh, let me go to Mark in Georgia. Hello, Mark. Oh, hi, Glenn. Hey, how are you? Uh, good. Thanks, uh, sir, for taking my phone on speaker there. Sure. <clears throat> my wife and I are having a bit of a disagreement. Okay. And it, it, it's philosophical. Okay. She is spending a lot of time listening to various. Christian videos are one of these days, and the general thrust of those videos and, and messages, the heck with this world, bring on the second coming, you know, hello Christ. Good heavens. You know, get, us, get us out of here. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, like I said, the general theme from a lot of these videos one of that are out there these days. Okay. And it's a recognition on their part, and they're looking forward to things like the rapture and whatnot and so her, her attitude is a lot like let's just get the heck out of this world it sucks and you know bring on the second coming uh-huh and okay. my attitude is a bit different in that we've been given a job to do while we're here on earth oh we have i do not want to i don't want to cut you short hang on i can't wait to hear the rest of this and to give you my answer on it uh, 888-727-BECK. Back to the phone in just a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is something that has truly worked in my life that gave me my life back. I am currently painting a painting of uh, Corey Ten Boom uh, and uh, her sister, uh, and there's like 10 different figures in this thing. They're in the concentration camp and it's, believe it or not, it's an uplifting picture. It's the, the moment she says, Hey, bless the fleas. Corey goes nuts. Anyway, uh, I've, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent. I put about 150 hours maybe on this one. This is really difficult. Uh, and, uh, I'm not having my hands shut down. I am not having my hands go into cramps and not being able to, uh, paint and hold a paintbrush. That is remarkable. And that is all thanks to Relief Factor. The three, three week quick start developed for you is $19.95. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack. Try it. 70% of the people go on to order more. So, Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. It has worked for me. 800 for Relief, 800, the number for Relief, or relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. We are basically one month before this election. We have a big preview on Studios America tonight. Part of blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome, uh, Mark. You were in Georgia, and you were just asking a question. Your wife and you are having a disagreement. She believes in the rapture, and she's just like, let's just, Christ is coming. Let's just bring it on. And uh, and you feel the opposite, that what? Well, it's more like reading scripture when we've got, we've been given commands. We've been given jobs to do here on earth. There's stuff that's supposed to be happening that, frankly, in my view, we as Christians have been falling down on badly. And worrying about whether, you know, the rapture is going to come tomorrow or next week or next month is a misplaced priority in my view. And we should be focused on what it is that we're supposed to be doing here. Mm-hmm. And God, God will sort out when things are going to happen. After all, no man's supposed to know the day, the hour, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's fine to be alert to what the season is, I guess, mm-hmm. but make, making that the focus of what your life is about seems a different kind of idol worship to me. So um, th- I think you're well thought out here, Mark. Um, first of all, let me just say this, and this is not to denigrate. It's just to for understanding. I don't believe in the rapture, um, and but I don't denigrate people that do. I honestly, I hope you're right, unless you have to believe in the rapture to be raptured, because then I'm left behind. But um, uh, I, I know a lot of people, a lot of people I really respect and love who do believe in the rapture here in Texas. And I've mm-hmm. I've I've often thought and said to a few of them that are my friends, um, you know, we've been thinking that the end uh, of times is coming. I mean, the apostles thought it would happen in their lifetime. And I'm sure right. that people back in the 1930s had to think this evil. Look at what is spreading, you know, and. And yes, we have now many more prophecies that have been fulfilled. And I actually do believe we will see Christ in our lifetime. So I believe we are in those days. However, while I am um, doing everything I can to prepare my spirit, uh, my family, and to help build the kingdom, I am also doing the other things I was sent here to do. Um, I have to, we live, we, we, we can live in the world and still not be of the world. Uh, and that's what you, you really have to do, uh, is take care of all of the things that you have to go out and vote, be involved, you know, stand up for what is right. You, you can't, you're not a, uh, you're not a champion for Jesus if you're not helping, healing, uh, and standing up against evil, uh, I mean, it just seems like uh, the person took his talents and buried it. Well, you didn't do anything with it. What, what did you do with it? You, you, you need to expand this. Um, you know, and I think exactly. you're right. We are all sent here at this time for a reason. So we have to do what we can do and not live as if Jesus is coming tomorrow. Because honestly, I mean, you know, the worst part of me would go out and buy a Ferrari. If I knew Jesus was coming next week, you know, I I drive it to go feed the poor. 
but I'm not going to have to make the payment. So why not? You know, you got to you got to look at um, uh, live your life like it's the last day, which means do everything you can to live like Christ instead of live like there is no tomorrow. Exactly. And I didn't mean to imply that the live like there is no tomorrow. No, no, I know that. I know that. I'm not talking about your situation, but some people will would look at it that way if they thought. I mean, that's why, you know, that's why uh, governments never want to say, hey, there's a giant asteroid coming our way. and We're all going to die because a lot of people would just be like, all right, then anything goes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Um, I hope you work it out. Let me know what 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 happens, if you will. Um, I think we all are here to build the kingdom of God, and um, this is part of it. This is part of it. Um, we have to feed and, and serve and love each other. Uh, and, you know, I, I would prepare for tough times because if it's, you know, hedge your bet a bit. Because if it's not, if the rapture isn't right or Jesus isn't coming, uh, you don't want everybody to be starving, hungry, you know. And if And if it is the rapture, can you leave some food for us, you know, behind? Because, you know, some of us are really trying to do the right thing, but maybe we didn't believe what you did, and God is like, ah. But can you leave something behind for us? It's typical you'd worry this, about food. I'm just, that of course. This ice is, cream. Where are we going to get it? Uh, let me go to Clint in Texas. Hello, Clint. Wouldn't it be great, Hi, though, if Glenn. Jesus came Thanks. in an ice cream truck? Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Glenn. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Sure. Hey, listen. So I have a different take on this whole Biden marijuana pardon thing. Yeah. Um, something that, that I think that people aren't really thinking of. In my mind, this is a voting polls disruption. Uh, you've already mentioned that, hey, you know, there are no there are no prisoners in uh, yeah. federal bureau of prisons that, that have uh, marijuana possession charges, right? Correct. So, so most of the marijuana possession charges are at the state level, mm-hmm. uh, fel- you know, felonies or whatnot. So you take the average uh, American that's uninformed. They're going to I think they're going to believe that, hey, now I can go vote. You know, I've got a state charge, a felony charge for marijuana possession. Now mm-hmm. I can go vote. So they're going to go up and they're going to disrupt. I believe this is just my take. Now, whether or not with whether or not they meant to have meant for this to happen i think it is can be a result of this decision that people can disrupt the flow of uh voting at vote at the polls because of this decision what do you think about that i think that's uh i think that's really good it's very interesting yeah and one part we didn't really focus on when we were talking about the marijuana thing is that biden not only did this federally where there are literally zero people in prison for this currently i mean they may have plea bargained down but they were dealers uh, yeah to be but, charged federally you're a dealer right and they and the people that there's nobody left in prison right. for this uh, so it didn't have, have an effect in that way but he, what he did say is he wanted to start uh, he he said i, uh, I overtly want i want governors to do this as well he's trying to start a movement to get these th- these crimes wiped off and of course if these crimes are wiped off and the way it plays out there's obviously a bunch of ways it can go but if it plays out into uh, a way where these people um would receive their voting rights back 
even if it's not this election we're talking about long term, you probably are adding a bunch of voters to the rolls. It's and, crazy. And, you know, marijuana legalization is uh, is relatively popular these days. Right. So. It, but it's it's not it, it's the fact that this is happening right before an election. These people mm. are so shameless. Oh, it's so just, shameless. At the very least, he's trying to buy votes yeah. from people who favor this. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me go to uh, Brian. Hello, Brian. Hello there. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Go ahead. You're on. Oh, uh, I just wanted to say that I live in Pittsburgh, not too far from Braddock, PA. And uh, not everyone in this area or even in Pennsylvania is looking to vote for Fetterman. Oh, I know that. Yeah, it's close. It's, close. it's a close, very it's close. close race. I'm just wondering it's why close, anyone I mean. <laughs> is voting for Fetterman. That's yeah, I, I, that's what I say. Yeah. I, where I live, there's still Trump pen signs all over the place. Mm. So, and people would always say things like, um, "Well, I'm leaning," and then you'd say, "What do you mean?" And they'd they'd go, they'd lean into you and go, "I'm voting for Trump." So, do you think the Back polls then. are maybe a reflection of that? Yes. I don't know anybody around here. And this is Allegheny County where he lived who wants to vote for him. Hmm. Well, that would be uh, that would be fantastic, Brian. Thank you for your call. I tell you, this is the number one uh, race on my list as most important races, because it tells us something about the people of Pennsylvania. It tells us where they are and, you know where a lot of places in America are, I guess, if you would break, if you would uh, vote for somebody who does not have the capability to do the job and you know that, um, then you'll accept anything. You will literally accept anything. And you play little mental games like, oh, well, he's going to be, you know, he's he's not going to last. And so uh, they'll, uh, you know, they'll they'll force him out or he'll retire and then they'll appoint somebody that that's not the way this system works. You don't do that. You look at the two candidates who can handle the job, who can represent me. You don't have a radical in Dr. Oz. If you're a liberal, I, I mean, I, really? Because I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty hard-bound conservative that believes in the Constitution. He's not the guy I'm stumping for. But if I have the two of them, there's no question. There's no question. Just based on the ability to think and speak and act. The other one, there's two other races that I think are really important that, that will say a lot. If the Republicans, or I'm sorry, if the Democrats can get away with taking a CIA agent in a very, used to be a very constitutional style state of uh, Utah, and they and the press can convince that population that Mike Lee is a radical, Mm. that's phenomenal. And it's an important race because if it works, you will see it. Everywhere, absolutely everywhere, especially in red states, they yes. will attempt to yes. take away elections with candidates that are posing as independents or Republican right. leaning that are actually going to just caucus with Democrats and a group, a group of people that will look at Mike Lee, who these people were raised on the Constitution. And at this time, where the government is out of control, 
they will throw their support to a CIA operative. I, I mean, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. And the third one is Carrie Lake. Uh, well, I, I would put um, Arizona, Blake, generally. Arizona yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blake Masters thing, you know, I can see because uh, uh, Mark Kelly is just playing, you know. Well, I'm I'm just like you. I'm I'm for all the things you're for. Remember those stories of the Arizona senator pushing back against the Biden administration? That was me. I right. was just wearing a dress and glasses those days. It's so I, unbelievable. I identified as cinema. Why? Okay. That is all really right. what he's trying it to pull really off. Is. It's amazing. It really is. Um, you know, but I think the the one that really s- says a lot is uh, Carrie Lake. This is a woman who hasn't hired a single person uh, as an advisor. She's she's really? she thinks yeah, she thinks all of these advisors are ridiculous. They don't know what they're talking about. Hmm. And she said that she's just going with her gut. Her husband is her main partner in this. And I do believe she's real. I think she's polished because she's been on television, but I do believe she's absolutely genuine in what she believes. And I think she is a really strong woman. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see. Does somebody who just shoots from the hip and says, look, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not listening to the experts. And I'm being outspent seven to one. If she can win in Arizona, Mm. that's a big statement. More in a minute. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about gold and gold line. Uh, right now, if you missed earlier in the podcast, we showed you how right now our national debt is $31 trillion. And because the interest rates have gone up on our own debt, we are now responsible for another $2 trillion just in paying the global banks $2 trillion in debt every year, every year. If our budget is four uh, trillion, and we now have an extra two trillion that is just the service on the loan, the interest rate, you think they're going to cut this budget by two trillion? No, they'll borrow four trillion, and it just spirals out of control. Please, please, I'm not asking you to buy anything. I am asking you to understand we are in an insane world. And I've always said that gold and silver for me is, an, a, is a, a hedge against insanity. We're here. Okay? This, this is it. We're here. Please consider taking some of your money and buying something physical. You know, your 401k and IRA, the, those can be converted into holding some physical gold or silver. Goldline will help you on that. But please consider this. And right now, if you buy a box of 20 graded historic $5 uh, Indian gold coins, you'll get a five pack of the Maple Flex bars at no additional cost. Five bars times 19 pieces in each Maple Flex bar. It's 95 free legal tender silver pieces from the Canadian Mint. Okay, Um, And you you get that with each qualified order. So call Gold Line today. Find out how to acquire these unique and very popular, extremely important products. At Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program.